Hello, I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me do this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today my guest is Baroness Sue Campbell, who is the Director of Women's Football at the FA. Sue has had an amazing career in sport. Today Sue combines that role with of course sitting in the House of Lords. Thanks for joining me today, Sue. Can we start by you telling everyone what you do at the FA and are you a football fan? Do you have a favourite team? Thanks, Grace. Lovely to meet you. Um, well, what I do at the Football Association is my, my job is to um, oversee the strategy of the whole of the women's game from getting more young people playing all the way through our talent pathway, all the way through to our senior England team. So I've got lots of different people work with me in different parts of the organisation, uh, developing coaches, developing referees, increasing participation, developing talent pathways, and then working with our England teams. So my job is to make that work like a big picture. So um, to pull it all together and to make sense of it. Um, I love football. When I was uh, primary school age, I played a lot of football. But when I went to secondary school, which of course was a long time ago now, uh, girls didn't play football. They weren't allowed to play football. So I ended up playing hockey and netball. Um, and do I have a favourite team? I do, but I say it very quietly. It's Manchester United. Uh, my father was my father was born in in Manchester, and uh, I followed Manchester United all my life. While you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be, or did that happen when you were older? It's a good question. Um, I don't think I did know what I wanted to do or be. I loved sport. I played sport all the time, whatever sport I could, and had a good mum and dad who, you know, if I wanted to do something, I wanted to go ice skating or I wanted to do things that perhaps not everybody got the chance to do, they made sure I went and had a go at it. So... I love sport and, and early on in my secondary school, I wasn't doing very well at school, too busy playing sport. Um, and it was my PE teacher who um, sat me down one day and said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, well, I think you should be a PE teacher. And I said, OK, what do you have to do for that? And she said, well, start, you've got to work a lot harder at school. So that was it. And I, I, that, that set me off on my journey. Uh, and that's what my first job was, teacher of physical education. Did you go to university and how important do you think it is to go? I think education is really important. I don't think it matters particularly how you follow that. I mean, today you can do apprenticeships, you can do further education, you higher education, uh, you can do work placements. Um, I went to what's called teacher training college. We don't have those anymore. They're now all parts of universities. So I went to a dedicated college where I learned for three years how to teach. Um, and you came out with a certificate of education. I later went back to university and did a, a master's degree, um, uh, particularly in education. So do I think education is important? Very, very important. Um, because I think it's not just about what you learn, it's about the way you learn. And for me, my, my education helped me continue to learn all the way through my life. And I think that's, that's the important thing. We never actually stop learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> what do you love so much about sport? 
Um, I guess, you know, I, one, I just love being outdoors. You know, I'm, re- I'm a happy, I, I'm a happier outdoors than I am indoors. Secondly, I had lots of energy when I was little. Um, and I love the feeling, I particularly love team sports. I love working with other people. I love being part of a bigger team. Um, in the end, I played, I captained the England under-21 netball team and I went on to play netball for England senior women. And as much as actually the game, I love the camaraderie, I love the friendship, I love working together to achieve something special. I love that feeling of representing your country and being proud to put your shirt on. There were so many wonderful parts of sport and I still love just being out of doors, um, being physically active. Women's football seems to be really growing now. Can you put your finger on exactly when it really took off? Well, it's a, a strange history, really. I don't know how much you know about the history, but women's football during the First World War, so that would be 1918, 1920, uh, was really big. When men went off to war, the women started playing football. And they, they actually got big crowds, huge crowds that came to watch. And then when men came back from the war, after the First World War, they banned women from playing. So for 50 years, there was no women's football. And then in the 1970s, some women, um, very strong women, pioneers, decided to start playing football again. And slowly it's grown, and eventually the FA took responsibility for the game. Um, And there have been a lot of individuals who've really made a massive difference to the growth of the game. I think what's happened recently is as we've pulled together one big strategy and we've been able to get the the profile, the television coverage, uh, the interest from the general public, I think that's really helped the game grow massively. 11.7 million people watched our semi-final against America. It was the most watched television programme of the year. And as soon as you're getting people looking at it, seeing what great, great athletes they are, what great players they are, what fun it is, then people like you want to go out and play. So that's what's helped us enormously. When we look at football and especially the FA, it's always been very male dominated. What challenges have you had to overcome as a woman in your time there? Um, You're right. Uh, Football men's football is a massive massive business it's highly successful it's multi-million pound business and it's dominated by people mostly men who are 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 very successful business people so for the women's game is in a very different place it's still growing it's still evolving and uh, to be honest winning people's hearts and minds has been the hardest thing Um, getting people to really respect women, not just as players, but as coaches, as referees, people like myself in executive positions, people in the boardroom, getting that respected and understood and people realising how important it is that you get the balance, particularly in executive positions and particularly at the board, those balanced views between men and women. You know, everyone will tell you The most successful businesses are where there is a balance between men and women making the big decisions. Uh, And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's it's the best way forward. And I think football has presented me with a lot of challenges, both personal and professional. But 
you know, if you believe in doing something, if you believe in something more important than just yourself, then you can overcome those problems because you're driving for a much bigger vision than what's right for you. How did you feel the moment you discovered you were to be made a Baroness? Well, to be, I, to be really honest with you, Grace, I thought someone was fool. I thought someone was playing a practical joke on me. Um, I, I was in Beijing, wait, uh, getting ready for the Beijing Olympics, and I got a phone call in the flat. And this person said, you know, pleased to tell you that we'd like to offer you a life peerage. And I'm afraid I said, oh, yes. And who is this? Because I just thought it was a joke. So uh, they had another go, told me at the same time. And I went, are you serious? They said, yes. So I, I was with my colleagues from UK Sport uh, and we had a nice celebration. And um, I think it's a, you know, it's a very proud moment. It's a very proud moment. I, the only regret I had was that neither my mother nor father were still around because uh, they would have been so proud and so thrilled. Uh, but it is a very, very proud moment to be to be offered something like that. Let's chat a bit about the Olympics. That must have been an amazing experience. What are your lasting memories of that time? Well, I became the, the chair of UK Sport, who is responsible for the funding and, and strategy and policy for for um, our medals for the Olympics and Paralympics. So I wasn't running the Olympics, that was Seb uh, Co. But my job was to make sure that the Great Britain team was best equipped to win medals in the Olympics and Paralympics. So from 2003 through to the Olympics, I worked very hard with my colleagues at UK Sport and all the different sports governing bodies um, really striving to achieve something very special. Because we all believe that the London Olympics would only really be viewed as a big success if we got lots of British medals. And so as those medals started to come in the velodrome, uh, in, in, on the, in the rowing at Eton Dorney, on the track, that wonderful Super Saturday where we got three gold medals, those, those were incredibly special moments because not because of the moment itself but because it had taken 10 years of work to get us there and and i think that's what people sometimes don't appreciate that those great moments in sport don't just happen the athlete puts in hours and hours of training and effort and the people behind the athlete the sport the governing bodies the uk sport those people invest massively so for me to watch those medals to see them happening um absolutely fantastic and again just a wonderful reward for everybody who works so hard do you have any idols or mentors oh gosh lots i've had i've been very lucky all the way along in my career i've, I've had mentors mostly i have to say men uh who, who've been my mentors people who've taken care of me in, in the most positive way but also people who've been unafraid to um, tell me when I'm getting things wrong and make me think again about the way I do things. So I suppose it's a bit like teachers. <laughs> mentors, good mentors all the way through your life are helping you learn and develop and grow. So I've, got, I've had lots of them. Um, in terms of idols, I, I really respect people who have a huge mission a real desire to improve the world in which we live 
uh, a passion for what they're doing. People like Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, you know, these were exceptional human beings who, who were willing to sacrifice so much for what they wanted to achieve. You know, Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in a prison on an island, passionate to try to break the hold of white South Africa so that he could create, as he called it, his rainbow nation. Those are remarkable people. Mother Teresa, people who've really made a big difference and sacrificed themselves in order to achieve something much bigger than themselves, they are remarkable. So if you call those idols, I guess those are my idols. What is the hardest challenge you've ever had to face in your career? Oh, probably working at the Football Association. <laughs> um, I, I think um, I've had a number where, you know, I, 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 I get a very clear sense of where I'm trying to get to. It takes me a while. I listen to a lot of people, I learn a lot, but once I know the direction I want to go in or the direction I want to take the sport in or the direction I want to go at UK sport or the direction I want to go at the FA, I, I have those very difficult moments when I can see clearly where I'm going and something's stopping me. You know, whether that's somebody who can't see what I can see someone who doesn't think that's right, someone who's just blocking that because they want to block that. Those are the tough moments when, in a way, you can't get to what you believe because someone else gets in the way. Those, those are the hardest moments. And that's where I've had to learn the most about how to handle those situations. Because when I was young, the way I would have done that is just run straight at it and shouted at it. Um, now I've learned to be much cleverer than that. Um, but what I would say is whatever obstacle is in your way, there's always a way around it. You know, whether you have to go over it, under it, round it, and very occasionally through it. You know, obstacles are there to challenge us, but they're not there to stop us. Is there anything that you still want to do, either personally or professionally? Um... I'd like to live a bit longer, that would be nice. Uh, uh, I um, Professionally, I haven't quite finished my work at the Football Association yet. Um, I know where I'm headed. I know what I want to achieve. I know what I want to happen for the women who play the game and for all of my colleagues. So I have a little more work to do there. And at a personal level, I just want to stay healthy. Um, I want to enjoy my dogs. Uh, I probably quite like another couple of dogs, actually, because I love dogs. I really enjoy them. Uh, they give you so much back. Um, I just want to stay healthy and well. Um, but professionally, I still want to make a difference. And I think, you know, I've, I've somehow been blessed and given opportunities to use sport to make the world a better place for people. And I want to continue doing that because... If you can improve the world around you, then that's the most important thing to do. What tips would you give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future? Um, find something you're passionate about, something you really want to do, something you care about, you know, whether that's your, 
you love numbers and you want to do accountancy, you're fascinated by legal structures, you want to be a lawyer, you're obsessed with, you know, looking up at the sky and you want to be an astronaut, um, you're interested in being a deep sea diver, whatever it is that lights your fire, um, work hard at school, learn to learn, that's the most important thing. Don't ever think you'll stop learning. You won't. Life is a journey of, you know, there's no destination. You just keep learning every step of the way. Learn to learn. And, you know, let, let if you work hard, whatever comes in your way, the doors will open to other things. You know, if I, I had no idea at your age what I was going to do. I had no idea what to lay in front of me. You know, I, I just went and taught as a PE teacher and I worked really hard at it. Then I became a lecturer and I worked really hard at it. Then I worked in the inner city and I worked really hard at it. And then I went and did something else and worked really hard at it. And if you just give your best and it's something you care deeply about, which I have all my life cared deeply about sport as, as, as something that can help change lives, then I, I think don't worry too much about anything else find the thing that really lights your fire something you're passionate about and do not let people tell you you can't if i had taken a pound coin for every time whatever i've been doing someone has said it can't be done you can't do that i'd be very very wealthy but i wouldn't be happy <laughs> the world is changing so much and so quickly what do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time Oh, crikey. Um, yeah, I mean, I think before the pandemic, um, the answer might have been one thing. Now, it's. I think it's about being flexible and agile. That's why being a good learner is really important, because you may not be doing the same job. When I, when I was young, we, when we chose a career, it was a career we probably did all our lives. That won't be how it is for you. There'll be different opportunities come in different places. So your ability to adapt and be agile and learn and to move, I think is going to be very important. But I, I, I do think it's vitally important that women are in the boardroom, that women are leading organisations and that women are part, a very equal part of everything that goes on in business, in commerce and in sport. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, Sue. Thank you so much and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make. Keep listening to Grace Jeffries Meets as I talk to many more brilliant women.